0: Welcome to the Young Pro Podcast, where our goal is to better equip people working with young adults to grow God's kingdom. Today, many of us have heard the term intentional love, but in a world of superficial interactions, is this more of the same or something far more genuine? And of course, how does intentional love work in the context of a young professional outreach? I'm your host, Travis Wiesenberg, and this is the Young Pro Podcast. Young Pro listeners. Today we are going to go a bit deeper on the go and come work we, we touched on last episode. We're going to go into a critical aspect of go work. In some ways this podcast could actually have been called go work part two. But we Instead we went with intentional love. Mike, welcome back to the show. I, I understand that this is, this is an aspect of your, your ministry and something that you've been working on that you really enjoy. So what exactly is intentional love?
1: Uh, great, great question. Um, some of this comes from just reflecting a little bit more on the commandments, you know, God commanding us to love God and love neighbor. Uh, but I, when I look at intentional love, um, I, one of the things I think of is, especially like the love of a parent for a child, a parent always intends good for their children. Mm moms want their daughters to grow just to be happy to have a wonderful life et cetera et cetera every parent wants that to happen for their kids in some ways it's exactly what god has set up us as human beings created us as human beings is to actually become uh those kinds of of people and he, he's done everything he can for us uh so that we could become um you know really good people he intended us for good and he intended us to intend good. He intended us to intend good. Because that's what love is. Intending good for others. He loves us so that we might love us. He intended good for us so we might intend good for others. I have a, uh, a niece who's you now in her mid-30s and she's got three kids. And uh, she recently posted something on Facebook uh, that I thought, this is really, really well done. It was... If anybody had send, said to me when I was 25, footloose, fancy free, doing everything I wanted to do, having all this fun, that I would find life better at 33 with three kids, I would have laughed in their face. But this is really a whole lot better than being uh, 25 and, and doing everything for myself. The fact that I'm able to, to love my husband, love my children, this is fulfilling. And that, I think, is just a real good little capitalization of, What was I made for? Uh, God made me to love God and love neighbor. Now, that kind of sounds like, okay, well, that's the religion part of life, right? And I go, well, let's go one step deeper and just say, so what did God make you for? God made you for relationship. Yes, love God, love neighbor, true, but it's all about relationship. He made human beings to intend good for other human beings. And what happens in a society where you have people who are intending good for others in a society where others are intending good for them, you end up with a really good society. You really end up with good relationships. And I think that's one of the things that's somewhat lacking, especially in the young professional age range, Mm. is it's all about me. It's not about everybody else. Um, So that ability to build human community and intend good for others, that's what I've been thinking about.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I mean, coming from relationships, my generation of relationships, we look at kind of the BFF generation where, where we, we love to highlight that we have this best friend. We love to seek it out. We love to find that person. But then what ends up, what end up really happening more, more likely than not is you get a bunch of ex BFFs that, I mean, it sounds silly, but you have a best friend forever that is most likely never going to be your best friend forever in, in a lot of cases that, that I see, have seen in my life and seen in other people's lives that we're quick to, to label somebody our best friend forever, but not actually Quick to be in a relationship with them long term. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts, I guess, like
1: on that? It, that it's great because I think it is, it, it's one of those little memes in, cert, in a certain <laughs> sense for uh, a particular part of this generation, best friend forever. Uh, and everybody kind of starts to, now starting to laugh at it in yeah. a way that it was really the thing 10 years ago. Right. Uh, I think what it is, it's part of the problem is it was flipped from the beginning. It's not, Who can I find to be my BFF? It's can I be someone else's BFF Mm -hmm. so that can I be that kind of neighbor? Can I be that kind of friend to other people that they all want me to be their BFF? And then can I continue to be that for them? Right. Or am I just going to, eh, forget it. I don't like you anymore, et cetera, et cetera. And that kind of reality, you just go, that's just continues to break down, uh, human society because people aren't learning how to be the kind of neighbor, the kind of friend, the kind of person, uh, that is a genuinely good person to other people.
0: So you're saying, I guess, we're going back to intentional love. Are you saying that there has to be that an intentionality, I guess, behind seeking out a friend? That it has to be there has to be initiative before you feel, I guess, the feelings. Is that kind of the point you're making?
1: Yeah, I, I don't think you're primarily going on it because you think it will feel good for them or for you. Uh, when you when you think of something that is good, it's not. You can have a good feeling. But good is objective.
0: Right.
1: You know, so what you're trying to do is be a good person to other people. You intend good, whether you feel it all the time or not. I mean, I've been in plenty of conversations where I go, I'm not feeling the good, you know. I'm not feeling the warm. I'm not feeling the happy here. But I actually want to find out about this person. I want Mm -hmm. to genuinely be here for this person. And that is good. And it's good for me to be good. Yeah,
0: I think you hit on a, an interesting point right now I've seen in my generation, I think in just the world in general, but specifically that hits home in the young professional generation right now is that this theme of genuineness. I think recently in the news, the fake news concept kind of blew up, but that, that was not that was, that was clearly the culmination of many things that were fake in the world that, that we saw, whether it was social media, whether it was just the interactions. We've come to this thing that almost everything around us is fake, so I think there's... There was something about intentional love and, and kind of putting forward that rubbed I think some people the wrong way and saying is this genuine um, I guess is there anything that you could you could speak to that as well What is this genuine Is this intentional love putting yourself out there in this way Is that is that genuine
1: well, Let me let me actually say something first on fake. And then I'll see some more on genuine. Absolutely. Uh, because, you know, I, I think you're absolutely right. The f- Fake news is just the tip of an iceberg of fake everything. Mm. Uh, the world that, that, that you look around, you just go, well, that's fake. That's fake happiness. That's fake Hollywood. That's fake joy. That's a fake story. That's a fake this, fake that. It's just all over the place. Yeah. And people are now saying, I long for the genuine. Where does the genuine actually uh, exist? And I think part of what the sensitivity to fake is something that backfired. What is it specifically? I mean, when uh, especially education, but then even parenting switched from um, you did well, you didn't do well, you need to be corrected to everybody does everything wonderful. You always say good things. So you never say anything corrective. You never say anything bad. Everybody gets a B or an A. Mm-hmm. If you participated, you get a gold star, and if you didn't participate, well, you still get a silver star. <laughs> and so it's just inf- a great inflation, um, you know, human estimation inflation. Any kid sitting in a classroom could tell you he's the smartest, he's the next smartest, he's the next smartest. I'm down here probably about like the fourth dumbest in the class. They do this. This is human beings. Yeah. Who's the fastest? Who's the smartest? Who's the prettiest? Who's the this? Who's the that? Who's the that? And you're telling them, oh, you're the best. You are the smartest. You are the prettiest. You are the perfect. You are the wonderful. And they're going false, false, false. They're they're getting fake information from other human beings whom they're supposed to be trusting. And they grow up, what? Not trusting because of that. So you've got this fake reality for a lot of people that their whole experience of this, their relationships is one of fake. And so that, I think, puts them in this place of, I want genuine. What is genuine? And even now, they go anything that's labeled genuine. They go, okay, that's probably fake. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
0: that's that's so true. I mean, I've I've heard words like real and 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 genuine thrown so thrown around so much. They're just buzzwords at this Mm -hmm. point. So, like, you have to almost say, yeah, I I really mean that to actually even get over the hump of having someone listen to you. So, I guess the question is. What is genuine love in the concept of the young professional outreach world that we're looking for?
1: Yes, excellent, excellent, excellent. Uh, I, I would go back to partly where we started, which is actually not just intending good, but valuing good. Um, so when I meet someone, especially in the go work, you know, search your, you're at the office, you're at the gym, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Part of what needs to be in you first is you need to value other people. You need to value other people more than you value your fear of them or your busy schedule or all the important things that you have to do in life or the work that you've got to get done. You've got to say, wait, I was made for a relationship. That's a human being. I should value that person. That's where I need to start. I need a shift in the way that I think about people. I need a change.
0: Yes, there has to be a first question before you even start action is just, do I value this person? Yeah. And then you, and then where do you go from there?
1: Yeah. And, and part of it is you just got to do this self correction right at the very yeah. beginning. You have to say, I don't think I value people correctly. You go, okay. There is something in Christianity called repentance. So just repent <laughs> of not valuing other people and say, okay, Amen. let's turn yeah. around. Let's go the other direction. I'm going to start valuing other people just simply because they're a human being. God values them. Therefore, I should value them. It's not that hard to figure out. Do the math. It's simple math. <laughs> God values them. I will value them. So that means that you're now in a relationship with someone else in a different way. Let me give another hint in terms of what I think uh, could really be helpful in terms of how you value people. And that is they are made in the image and likeness of God. They're made intentionally intentionally. By God. Yes, the world has messed them up and you know, this, that, and the other thing, etc. They may not be perfect human beings. They're certainly not any more than you are. Um but they are made in the image of God. And part of what you're looking for uh in a relationship and building relationships with other people is you saying, I'm trying to find the image of God in this person. As smart mm-hmm. as it may be. As messed up as they may be, as desperate as they may be, as false as they may be, they're still made in the image of God. Where do I find that image of God? I want to find that, and I want to affirm it. Because that would, that's what God would do. Right. God genuine love for us is, is he doesn't say, oh, you're such a nice sinner. You know, that murder you did, that's not a big problem. <laughs> I can deal with that. You know, yada, yada, yada. You know, I'll just ignore all those bad things. But what God does for us is, is he genuinely loves the goodness that he's put in us. And he continues to try to draw that forth if we cooperate for, with him. And that should be the same thing that we're trying to do with people at the gym or at work or wherever we're, we're going out into the world, we should be saying, I want to be that kind of person that values the human being next to me, the person next to me. Mm. And I want to be able to affirm the image of of God. Um, so the other thing I'd say that that happens when you start doing that is you experience when you give genuine love because you actually do value the other person. Uh, and what I mean by actually valuing, is not like I just feel warm towards everybody. You're not <laughs> going to feel warm towards everybody. You're going to think, oh, boy, that guy really needs some love. And there's reasons I think that guy needs some love, too. And uh, why he looks and seems unlovable. You go, know, yeah, that's all probably true. But I still should genuinely love him. Uh, love my neighbor. Um, what comes from doing right is joy. One of the results of doing the right thing, doing good things, doing loving things, doing kind things is you experience joy. Mm. And it gives you something to rejoice in because you say, I did the right thing there. And human beings will automatically reward themselves. I don't mean this negatively, but actually be able to say, "Ooh, that was good. That was right. I enjoyed that. I should rejoice in that. I, I play golf. I'm going to give you a, a segue here. Sorry. Go for it. Okay. Um, one of the things I like about golf is when you hit a good shot, you have instant feedback in your body and it, what you see and you're able to say, that was good. And you feel, I did that right. And you feel joy. It's why people play golf.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And even a bad golfer feels like he hits a good shot every once in a while. And then when he hits a bad one, he goes, oh, man, that is just terrible. <laughs> Human beings, when they do what is genuine, when they genuinely love other people, experience this is what I was made for. This is really good. I want to do that kind of good more and more. And then you come out of it as a more joyful person. It's just the way human beings are set up. It's the way that we work. Mm. But if you don't get to the place where you say, start in the right place, value the other person, you're not going to end up with the joy at the end of it.
0: Right. Right. That's, that's so true. I've, I've experienced that as well. I want to go back a little bit, um, to, I guess before we're, we're hitting that great shot down the fairway, a little bit after we made the decision to, okay, I am actually going to find something about this person, find the image of God in them and affirm it. I think one of the things is, is how I think a lot of, a lot of us struggle with getting past the surface level questions. We're stuck on, Hey, what's your name? Where are you from? Where do you work? We ask a lot of where questions. We ask, oh, you know, how'd you get here? Mm-hmm. well. How's the weather? We, we're stuck on the surface level. I guess, is there is there any ways that, what, what are ways that you found to get below that surface area to then find things that you can infer, affirm, find things where you can see the image of God clearly in someone else to to then build that up in them?
1: That? Yeah, that, that's a great question. I think part of this is is learning how to just be a good conversationalist. Um, and, and that's, that's critical to this. Um, so yes, I might ask, you know, where do you work? And they'll say at, uh, you know, such and such hydroelectric plant. I go, okay, so how do I don't know anything about a hydroelectric plant? Very little. Water? Electricity? Not much. That guy probably actually knows a lot. Yeah. About this stuff. Uh, I should just ask a follow-up question. So, you know, not just what do you do, but but what does that involve? I mean, what do you do during, I mean, are you like plugging stuff into things? Are you writing papers? Are you uh, doing quality control? What's the, so now you're still on them and they're able to talk to you about it. Part of this is actually always looking at it and thinking, I need to be able to ask three, four, five questions so that each one goes a little bit deeper. Yeah. But graciously, you're not <laughs> you're not saying. Um, so I, yeah, you know, I'm doing this at the hydroelectric plant. Uh, still married or divorced? <laughs> uh, well, wait a minute. How do we get onto that? You just yeah, go, okay. Yeah. That's just okay. You just become a jerk. You haven't been. Uh, you know, you're not genuinely valuing the guy anymore. You just go. You've got to learn something about conversation, there, dude. Um, <clears throat> But being able to to go into those things more deeply and then recognize this is about as deep or as much as he's interested in talking about it. again I was talking and I was actually talking to somebody at a at a bachelor party recently and i and Part of the question was, you know, where'd you grow up, here, here, and here, and oh, and now living in New York. And I said, so what's life like in, in New York? He said, well, I'm in Long Island. I don't know much about Long Island. He told me a bunch about Long Island. I work at a golf club. So how many members, and yada, yada, yada. And pretty soon that then just kind of that portion of the conversation dried up. And then I had to be ready because I knew he wasn't going to pick up. Vast majority of people won't then say, so tell me about yourself. They right, don't because right. they're not good at conversation. Uh, and they don't know how to get past surface uh, conversations. Um, so I know I'm the, the burden of conversation, if you always look at it and say, the burden is on me to make this a good conversation.
0: Wow. All right. If yeah. they
1: can help me make it a good conversation, that's even better. But I should just come into it and say part of valuing them and being genuine about them is, I don't care if this half hour is me asking seven questions and them telling me answers. 'Cause I come away from my go, yep, but I discovered the image of God in them. They might not have discovered anything in me. That's fine. I'm not here for that. Hmm. I'm here for their good, not my good.
0: Yeah, I think that's a key point. That the burden of the conversation is actually on us as the people mm-hmm. doing the outreach, doing the go work, trying to intentionally love people, is that we can't let that let that stop us. We actually have to take that burden up. And it's and it's something that we actually will receive genuine joy from mm-hmm. when we do it right. It's not a it's not a crushing burden. It's a very freeing burden. And I guess I think that's a, that's a good point to stop because I, I know next podcast, we're going to get into how to become a master of conversation, how to actually be that person that can, that can take that conversation from a surface level and get down to a point where you're seeing the image of God and other people affirming it, and then transition into them actually feeling the love from you and, and what to do with that after that and, and connecting people and all the good things that, that we look to do as an outreach. But yeah, Mike, I thank you for your time. This has been a, another great episode of the Young Pro podcast. And we're looking forward to continue this, this side of the podcast, which is more of the practical work in our, in our next episode.
1: Great.